Our team of trackers and logs throwing you for a loop? Well, you're probably not alone. In this episode of The State of TMF, our experts are going to tackle the good, the bad, and the just plain scary when it comes to trackers and logs. But don't worry, you'll leave feeling more prepared than ever to use these tools that are practically made to help you reconstruct the story of your clinical trial. The State of TMF podcast is officially in session. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of The State of TMF, the only podcast dedicated to the wonderful world of trial master files. Um, I know that it's Thanksgiving week this week, so we're going to have maybe a slightly less engagement. Well, I'm hoping not, um, because there's uh, some some turkey on the way that later on this week for for those of us uh, that are based in North America in the in the states. Um, we'll kick things off today. We're we're going to be talking about trackers and logs. We were unfortunately Donatella meant to be joined by our colleague Christina, but she's fallen ill, right? So we wish her all the best, and I hope she gets better soon. Donatella, how are you doing today? I feel that uh, Christina is sick. I will be sick tomorrow. Oh, Even if we live, you know, very far away from each other, but uh, we have uh, children going to the daycare. And uh, for those who have children, you know that uh, when winter comes, uh, it means that lots of virus uh, comes to your home with your children. So I think that this season has started. So I see it. I say that too. And if you've got sick from Christina and you're thousands of miles away, then that, I can get sick from Christina too. So hopefully I don't come yeah. down with it. But it's probably the common the common uh, denominator here is that we all have children in daycare. So I think that's probably the issue more than anything. Exactly. Christina, if you're listening, we wish you well. Uh, and, and I hope hope you don't feel too bad, Donatella. We can get through today's session absolutely because we are talking about very interesting topic exactly we're talking about something i think that's um it's another one of those topics in my opinion that is you know it's similar to the stuff that we've done in the past on things like notes to file and correspondence they're sort of those small niche issues that everybody deals with right and i think when it comes to things like trackers logs there's often these sort of challenges and, and questions, which is what we're gonna we're gonna tackle today. So let's get into it. So today we're gonna talk about trackers, logs. I mean, they're sort of synonymous with each other. Some may call them trackers, some may call them logs. Ultimately, they're the same thing. They cause a bunch of headaches, but they are important. Um, and one of the biggest headaches is where do we file them, um, amongst other things. Maybe we can start things off with, you know, what, why do we see so many challenges, Donatella, with trackers and logs? And, and what is it that we maybe need to, to think about um, when it comes to trackers and logs moving forward? So, yes, Oliver, I think that uh, when it comes to challenging about uh, managing tracker and logs, uh, the list can be quite long, honestly. First of all, I would say that uh, because there are no clear regulatory requirement around trackers and log in trimester file is not clear what are the expectation in case of inspection or audit. So, you know, when the rule is quite clear for everyone, people can adapt. Uh, but when there is no specific rule to be followed, it can be more challenging to define a process. Then we talk about uh, tracking and log that are living document. And for those who are managing TMF, we know that the living document is always a question mark in a TMF management because uh, it's not the final document that you upload once it's final. It's a living document that uh, keep the story of the trial. So it's 
very important to define when to upload, when to check it, when to make it final. So all these rules around the, the timeline of the document are very important and challenging because again, it's a living document. It's not something that is today created and today become and tomorrow become final. And uh, yeah, and Galatella, when it comes to sort of where those trackers come from, like, you know, one of the things that often comes up, especially for those that are maybe entering the TMF world for the first time, like if you go back to the beginning, what, why do these, why do these trackers and logs exist? What, what are they ultimately there to, to, to achieve? So personally, I will say because trackers are fantastic. I mean, I'm a tracker lady. I will say I love to do tracker. Even for going on holiday, I love to do trackers and log, which are basically spreadsheet, you know, document. Uh, but, you know, uh, formally why they are used and why they, we use trackers and log in trimester five. First of all, because uh, I think, you know, Oliver, and you agree that uh, the complexity in clinical trial uh, is increasing. Uh, you know, we started with uh, one trial, with one sign, one country now. We are talking about a multi-country trial with uh, lots of sizes, which means lots of documentation, even regulatory requirements are becoming more strict, uh, all the rules uh, and exception also to be considered. There are a lot of these, uh, you know, aspects in a clinical trial, so the complexities is definitely much bigger than the past. And so obviously trackers and logs uh, can help, you know, to track uh, and monitor all this complexity. And then there is the oversight uh, responsibility, which is something that is becoming very uh, stressed, even in the last updating of the regulation. And people, you know, have to demonstrate this oversight. And uh, without having specific, uh, very uh, e-system tools, uh, trackers and logs at the end of the day can be very helpful tool to understand and have an overview of the status maybe of the regulatory submission. So at the end, that can be very helpful to track the status of the trial and to track and monitor uh, the, the oversight of your clinical trial. Uh, then what I can say is that uh, we want to ensure consistency and quality in our trial master file. And sometimes, again, because there is a mix of uh, poor knowledge in TMF principle and maybe a lack of uh, e-system to help that, uh, at the end, we use tracker logs to verify the compliance uh, and the quality of our documentation of our story in the trial master file. So at the end, these are very practical tools uh, that we, we are still using because there is no something that replaces completely or 100% uh, all the trackers and logs that can be helpful uh, for managing, uh, you know, uh, versioning of the ISF uh, or the different uh, uh, numbers of the not to file. So they are very, uh, useful and daily tools so that uh, are part of the TMF management. Exactly. So they're, I guess in a nutshell, you know, they are, they're tools in which we use on a day-to-day -day basis for us to be able to track and um, create, uh, I guess, processes for oversight, that they're essential tools, but maybe in the future, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later on, maybe in the future, they'll be used slightly differently, but they're not going anywhere, right? Ultimately, these are, you know, they're stop gaps maybe for, for, gaps that we have in technology or the places where we need technology to be able to track data. But now we're, you know, we're using spreadsheets and other tools to be able to, to, to capture all of that information so that we have the oversight. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. So if you guys have questions as we go through, if you have issues with trackers and logs, if you have a, 
a question about where you should file a certain track or a log that you create today. If you've created something that, that only you've ever seen and you're not sure where to file it, throw it into the question and answer tab or throw it into the chat and we'll see if we can uh, see if we can stump Donatella. We'll ask Donatella yeah. where, where she'd file it. Um, Rev, perfect. So we talked a little bit so far about um, you know, what's the kind of key issues that surround or the challenges that surround trackers and logs. Obviously, a lot of it is, a, you know, a, a lot of these these documents and these tools are being created um, as an operational tool, perhaps, but maybe we're not really sure on how to how to treat them, how to file them, how to control them. And then we've talked about sort of ultimately why they exist and, and why they'll continue to exist. I'm curious, Donatella, you know, one of the things that that we've talked, to, talked about quite a lot um, is, you know, you've had a ton of experience in TMF. What's your experience with, with trackers and logs specifically in probably the hundreds of TMFs that you've seen at this point, any horror stories that relate to trackers mm -hmm. and that you maybe want to share? And I know that we've sort of got a bit of a Halloween hangover uh, uh, coming into today's presentation, but anything that you want to share there that might be might be interesting for the, for the group? Sure, Oliver. So let me tell you that, first of all, uh, I told you that before I love trackers, but I love also horror movies. But if you combine... Uh, the trackers and the horror, they really become uh, a nightmare sometimes. And uh, I can, as you said, tell you lots of story around trackers and not updated, uh, not completed, uh, changed for mistake uh, and all this stuff. Uh, just to give you, I think, uh, an example, uh, let's think about the monitoring visit log. You know, I think that today is still a valid tool where you can uh, uh, keep track uh, and monitor uh, all the visit reports, uh, the confirmation letter, the follow-up letter uh, to verify the consistency between the time frame uh, and the dates uh, and the completeness of all these reports uh, based on your monitoring plan. So it's still, uh, at the end of the day, a very uh, useful tool uh, in clinical trial management. And uh, we had this uh, SOP uh, that was uh, saying, obviously, to keep updated the monitoring visit log and during inspection, uh, the inspector found for that particular study that the monitoring visit log was created. There were some data uh, related to the very first visit, but then the, the monitoring tracker was, uh, let's say, abandoned. Uh, so it was not complete, uh, not final. Uh, so it was uh, really uh, not a good uh, sign for the inspector. So, the finding is obvious. The monitoring plan is not compliant with the SOP, it's not uh, telling the right story, the data are not complete, uh, and so on and so on. Uh, what if uh, the corrective action was uh, now incomplete and implement all the data in your monitoring visit uh, log based on your SOP and based on regulatory requirement? The point is that uh, that trial was a multi-country trial, something like uh, 36 country, if I remember well. Imagine, uh, now I can't remember very well the list, the number of sites, but 36 country, let's say 50 sites, um, even more, something like that. And imagine uh, one monitoring visit uh, every three weeks for a clinical trial lasted uh, three years. So it was simply a mess to retrieve all this information, all this data that were available in the reports because the TMF was complete with the, the reports, but all these data were kept in the reports. So you have to do that uh, 
is, let's say, uh, retrieving all this information. And uh, this was really a big, big effort. It took something like one week with two people doing just like that, uh, because it was uh, really a big amount of data to retrieve uh, in something that was uh, happening in the past. So this, uh, let's say, the lesson learned is that uh, if you have a tracker in place and it's uh, part of your process, uh, it's part of your probably SOP or work instruction to track uh, and monitor some activities on a clinical trial, keep it updated. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's not helpful, it's not necessary, and you will be also in deviation of an SOP. So at the end, it will be a finding during inspection or an audit, and you will have to fix that finding. And to fix uh, such a finding, uh, so go back in the past, uh, is not really an easy thing. It's, it's really a big effort. Rather than doing that on an ongoing basis, uh, as soon as you have uh, the updated data to implement uh, into the tracker. Amazing. I, if you guys have other horror stories that you want to share, I asked in the chat, please feel free to let us yeah. know on, or you can share it in the chat. If there's other things that you've seen that you were horrified by when it comes to um, either filing or issues that relate to, to, to any logs within your TMS, let us know. Um, let's pause for a quick question here. So um, a, a, a good friend of the podcast, Barbara, um, has asked a question how do you manage vendor and CRO qualification reviews? So things like CVs, training, experience, and qualifications. Do you have a specific tracker? And how often do you file uh, updates and manage it? Any recommendations there, Donatella, for sort of CRO qualification reviews and whether uh, a tracker or a log is required and maybe some best practices? So qualification review usually is... Uh a quality assurance responsibility. So basically it's a process of uh, the vendor qualification, uh, which is uh, in my experience, uh, managed by a quality assurance rather than a PMF department or a clinical operation. Uh, definitely there, there should be a process in place for doing uh, uh, this, uh, let's say, uh, process of qualification of the zero or any other third party vendor uh, with which uh, you collaborate uh, for the clinical trial. In terms of trackers, uh, I think that if you're not managing the qualification and other of these uh, processes inside the validated system, uh, which can give you, uh, let's say, immediate reports uh, and uh, list of what is qualified, what is not qualified, what is pending, what is uh, what has to be requalified, maybe because uh, uh, the time, uh, um, the expiration date uh, has expired. Uh, so I think that definitely trackers can still uh, be a valid tool. Uh, but again, uh, it's still, it is uh, uh, still very challenging to use it if you don't have uh, a robust process or some very clear rules in place. So whenever you don't have this uh, e-system, uh, obviously validated system that can help you with, uh, for example, uh, the list of uh, validated uh, and audited CRO with uh, we, we work with, uh, you can absolutely uh, use a tracker. But again, this is more a quality assurance uh, aspect rather than a TMF uh, uh, aspect. I hope I answered the question, but if you have any further doubt, uh, please let me know. Yeah, let us know, Barbara, if you if you feel yeah. like we have a question. If you need to follow up, let us know. Um, okay, let's do some more questions here because I think there's a, there's a little bit of momentum. Um, comment from Russell, another friend of uh, of the podcast. Hey, Russell. Um, it's just general comments here about issues, I think, with Excel, which tends to be the 
typical format or tool used for trackers. And and kind of Russell highlights that the kind of the biggest problem with Excel is that there's no sort of track changes or I guess control that's that's uh, implemented there. And so if there's information that's deleted or removed, that can be an issue. Have you noticed anything, Donatello, on how to combat that, or is it really kind of process driven that that you you try and kind of uh, remediate that issue? Yeah, I think that we have uh, a slide later on where we talk a little bit about uh, best practices, and this is one of the best practices, or at least the aspect that you have to consider and define and before starting to use the tracker. Because yes, you are right. Uh, nowadays, even in my knowledge, uh, what is more used is Excel spreadsheet, uh, which has obviously some limitation, let's say some limit. And so for example, even the setup and the definition of the user roles uh, and the permission is something that you have to uh, consider before starting to use the trackers. I mean, you can create a tracker where everyone has the access, everyone can edit, everyone can do whatever they want uh, when they want, uh, because I, I know by, in my experience that definitely if you do that, uh, one day you can open the file and find the file spreadsheet empty because someone for mistakes uh, enter and did something wrong uh, and all the data were missing. So. Uh, this is another lesson learned. <laughs> and uh, so it's important really to define the rule, the user access permission. So don't, uh, let's say my suggestion is uh, don't under-evaluate uh, the relevance uh, and the impact of a tracker. Because if it is uh, well-managed, can be really a source of helpful information and, and a supportive tool for your TMF management. But if there are, if there is no process, uh, no rules, uh, uh, no clear rules uh, in manage it, uh, like another document, uh, you will have uh, lots of uh, issue finding, and you will fail in uh, the goal of a tracker. So to have more consistency, to have more quality, to have more oversight. Right, and we touched on, we've touched on a couple of best practices there. But if we maybe center back, and thanks Russell for getting us to that point. Um, they can be a useful tool, but of course, as many of the attendees have already highlighted, as well as you, Donatella, there are, it's very, very easy for there to, to be issues when it comes to trackers. And so there are some best practices for, um, the, I guess, the creation, the management, and then the filing of, of, of these trackers. Do you want to sort of maybe walk us through some of the areas for consideration or best practices when it comes to creating trackers for, within a TMF context? Sure. Uh, again, because there are not of uh, a regulatory requirement uh, in place for tracking and logs, uh, that doesn't mean that a process shouldn't be in place. So it's very important to define the roles and responsibility because the tracker, you know, can be managed by a couple of person, uh, by a team, uh, or by maybe a document owner that is responsible for uh, drafting, maintenance, uh, and finalization of the document. So the roles and the responsibility. Uh, again, a RACI table uh, uh, or a, a process uh, map uh, or a, a work instruction to explain um, who is doing what and when uh, is really important. And this, obviously, the responsibility must be um, compliant with the permission and the access to the file, to the tracker that we are talking about. Uh, also, the location. So one of the questions is, uh, where do I find my, my tracker? Because... Uh, in TMF reference model, if you are following it, uh, there are some specific artifacts which are quite clear for everyone to understand that in that specific artifact, uh, 
uh, you have to file a, a tracker or a log. Uh, some other logs, uh, maybe less used uh, and more company specific, uh, cannot be uh, so clear where to file them. And so there can be uh, different options. And when there are different options, what is important is to have everyone aligned on where we define that is the best location for this tracker. So I will not tell you where you have to file it because again, for some of these trackers, you have multiple options. The point is that you have to define with the rest of the people of your team, in case of a tracker, this is the rule. And I go to the following point, rules for managing the tracker. Uh, when I face uh, issue with trackers in companies, the point is that um, people don't think about trackers and log when they define uh, the TMF plan or the TMF SOP, the TMF working instruction. They think about uh, a lot of other aspects in the TMF management because we know that there are lots of uh, activities to, to be thinking about that. And trackers and logs sometimes uh, are not considered. The point is that the very first time that the person has, who has to upload and index the tracker, if there is no specific and clear rule written or in the TMF plan or in an SOP or in a business rule, uh, this person would be like, okay, what do I do it right now? Maybe I do that based on my knowledge and based on my experience and another person will do it a different way. So this will lead to inconsistency in the quality of the clinical or the trial master file. And this will be a finding for an inspector or auditor because it, it means that there is no specific and clear process that everyone is following. The other is the process for maintenance. We said that uh, it's a living document. If it is a living document, it means that uh, it has to be keep updated and maintained during the ongoing, uh, the entire ongoing of the clinical trial. And so define when to update, make updates to this document, because if it is a document that you know that every week you receive updates, probably you need to keep a very uh, fast maintenance uh, on a weekly basis. But if you know that information in those trackers arrive, uh, I don't know, on a monthly basis, maybe you can do a check uh, on a monthly basis. So define also uh, the process for the maintenance and the process for inspection. Again, because it's not uh, something required, uh, I don't see feasible that an inspector asks you for uh, a tracker, for example, of the regulatory submission. But very probably you've got that kind of tracker because doing the QC of all the regulatory submission in 20 different countries uh, with 20 different process of submission and different uh, competent authority, you did a tracker to understand uh, you know, at what point of the submission you were, if you have all the documents of the submission, if you have all the approval, uh, if something is pending, so to have an overview of your submission uh, scenario. So probably you have that tool uh, just for your operational QC and oversight, uh, but not uh, as an evidence uh, in case of inspection. But again, it's something that must be defined and, and be clear because in case of inspection, you must be aware if you can and you want to show an inspector the tracker because you know that there is a process and the tracker is updated, or maybe the tracker can be the source of a our finding because the tracker is not updated, you are not confident about the data, you're not confident about the process, so maybe it's better to avoid and not to show the tracker to the inspector. The version history, it's a document. So as a good documentation practice and a co-principle tell us, version history is important. And QC. 
last but not least, because it's a document, obviously, and you need to check it. So it's not uh, important just to implement this tracker with the uh, data and information, but also to check it because uh, there can be uh, some mistakes and some issues, as all the other documents in the GMF. I think that's probably the best slide uh, of this whole presentation. Thank you so much for kind of walking through um, those points. Just to summarize, I think, you know, obviously, again, as Donatella is mentioning, those best practices, try and think about these key points that Donatella mentioned, roles and responsibilities, who's involved, where are you going to be filing this, this, the, these trackers, you know, try to define that ahead of time. What rules do you have in place, the process for maintenance, the process for inspections, version history, and how do you QC those trackers? Those are the things you need to be thinking about. In all honesty, Donatella, probably for most things in the TMF, right? Like if we think about some best practices across the TMF, a lot of this is being defined, um, you know, things like the TMF plan and, and, and other document types. Um, so let's, we've talked about the best practices of trackers and logs. Let's, let's move on to filing because there's been lots of questions around, I've got this log, I've got this tracker, where do I file it? How do I file it? How often should I file it? Should I only file it when it's final or, or while it's ongoing? So this, there's a lot of activity here in the chat. Um, so where should we be filing at? So let's move on. Um, no, the first, the first thing is for those that are familiar with the TMF reference model, which for our, our TMF community, I'm, I'm hoping that most are, um, there is of course, uh, in each zone, there are areas that are designed to house things like notes to file, meeting materials, uh, correspondence, and of course, tracking information. Can we just put all of the trackers under tracking information in their respective zones, Donatella, or is there something more that we should be thinking about here? So again, I will tell you my experience because, uh, uh, as you said, in the team reference model, there are uh, for each zone these clear artifacts related to the tracking information, which basically is the the, the area created for uh, collect any tracker or logs uh, specific to that particular zone. Uh, if you want mm, if you want me to tell you the truth, uh, in my experience, I never use uh, that particular artifact or, or better, I use that particular artifact just for zone zero one. So exactly this one that is uh, in the slide, when there are some very high level, uh, general, uh, uh, logs and tracker that are not very country or site specific that are applicable basically to the entire study. Uh, but I'm talking about really a very few number of trackers. For the majority of the other trackers, uh, uh, if you know TMF reference model uh, uh, quite well, there are some uh, very specific artifacts where the, the clear uh, intent of the artifact is uh, to collect the, the log or the tracker uh, issue. Uh, like, for example, the not to file log. I mean, it's quite obvious. It's also the, the title means that you have to file the log slash the tracker in that artifact. Some other, let's say, are less obvious, are less uh, clear and immediate, I would say. So you have uh, more option in defining where to file them. Uh, and I have to admit that I always, uh, I always kept... Uh, uh, the the tracking uh, slash the log uh, with the relevant documentation. So just to give you the the example, the real example, if I've got uh, the regulatory and submission uh, uh, tracker log, it was one of the of those logs that I love to do. 
there's no a specific artifact for this log or a, a track for submission and approval. And I was used to file it in the um, approval uh, artifact of the TMF. So I was doing my, my QC and, uh, you know, based on the log, I was checking it, all the submission uh, documentation and all the relevant and all the related approval were filed, they were complete uh, and of good quality. So uh, it was, let's say, a rule defined prior because obviously uh, I can do like, th like that and uh, one calling can do it a different way. So definitely this was, let's say, uh, an approach defined prior to filing uh, and uh, managing the trial master file for those logs and tracker that we consider essential, helpful, but were not, let's say, uh, clearly specifying a TMF reference model. Uh, again, the monitoring visit log. Mm, I always work with company that uh, majority for not say all of them are using a monitoring visit log. And there is a specific artifact in a TMF reference model. So it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel and define another place. But for example, the oversight log. Uh, not all the company have an oversight log. It's not mandatory. Maybe you have just a plan or you have uh, uh, something else to ensure oversight. Uh, so where do I file it? Because there is no an artifact called oversight log. So you can do that in the oversight plan 010120, but also in the section related to the tracking. So you can have uh, for some of these logs, uh, based on the nature and the content of the blog, uh, different options. Uh, let's think about the informed consent form log, another very useful uh, and crucial tool, I would say, because we know that uh, uh, in an ideal world, there would be one master ICF version uh, uh, and not the, all the country, the site specific, uh, all the amendment, the translation, the certificate of translation, so all that document that really uh, can make you crazy. Uh, but are, are so fundamental in the story of the clinical trial, they need to be checked. And sometimes a tracker is the best way to verify I've got all the versioning, I've got all the translation, I've got all the certificate, all the back translation, and so on and so on. But there is no specific artifact, so you can put it, uh, you know, as a sort of a master document to guide you in all the list of informed consent form that you have in the specific artifact, or you can choose uh, the tracking artifact, uh, as we said, that is available in each zone of the TMF. Training log. Again, there is no specific training log artifact, but training is something that uh, can be very challenging to verify and to keep track in a clinical trial because there are the training on the SOP, there are the training on the protocol, the training, the study clinical specific training, uh, uh, training on the system. So lots of training. Uh, and to understand and have an oversight and overview of all this information can be challenging. So let's use a log or a tracker and you can put this uh, with all the training material or maybe the tracking uh, artifact of the TMF. Some other are more easy. Subject screen log, it's a sub-artifact, so it's clearly stated in the TMFRS model where you can file it. And then the site signature and delegation log, it's another very clear sub-artifact and it's clear where you have to file it, not to file a protocol deviation log is not so clear. So again, you've got a couple of options. You can choose the artifact uh, tracking, or you can put this log with, with all the protocol deviation that you have just to as a, a sort of uh, map to guide you through all the documents related to the protocol deviation. So 
my let's say suggestion is uh, for those uh, logs and tracks that are not clearly uh, indicating the HTML3 model where to file them, uh, define the rule and ensure that all the people that will uh, upload uh, this document into the TMF is following that rule. Because otherwise, again, the, the, the outcome can be inconsistency and poor quality of your TMF. Exactly. So there's, there's obviously a lot of golden nuggets in what you've just outlined there. Of course, to break it down, I think there are some trackers and some logs that you may create that have sub artifacts already. So that's a, that's an easy one. You know, you have a clear path to where that needs to be filed because it's, it's part of the reference model sub artifact list. However, as John said, I mentioned, there are artifacts or logs that you create and some of which we, we may not have mentioned some that maybe you've dreamt up and no one else has ever used. You've got to think where is the most logical place for you to place that, that, um, uh, that, that tracker or that log that makes most sense to be able to reconstruct the story of what's happened in the study, because that's ultimately the objective, right? And so that's really where I want you to focus your um, focus your time. Um, if you guys have any other logs or trackers that you've created yourself and you're not sure where to uh, to file them, let us know in the chat and we'll see if we can quiz Donatella to see if we can put her on the spot. I'm sure she's got the reference model up on the, on the screen. Yes, uh, I'm too old to know it by heart, so I have to check it honestly. <laughs> I think there's a few there's a few names I see here on on our attendee list with some some uh, some veteran TMFers that probably know the reference model by heart. I'm looking at I'm looking at you, Dawn Nickham. I see you there. Um, perfect. All right, so let's move on. There's a couple of questions that relate to um to to trackers before we move on. Um. There's a really great question from Janine here. So do all trackers have to be filed in the TMS? I create a storyboard for my studies and keep it on the side to help my monitors. I track such things as expire, expiration dates and version dates for certain documents. So this goes into trackers as well as storyboarding. Donatella, where's the liftoff point for you here? Any thoughts on, on that question? Hmm. I think that the, the answer is not easy because... Uh... At the moment, uh, again, if you want to have a look uh, to regulatory requirement, uh, there's nothing mentioned again uh, with the storyboarding, storyboards, uh, tracking, logs. So I can't tell you, you have to do like that because only in that way you would be compliant with expectation regulatory requirement. There's nothing at the moment uh, so clear or defined in that, uh, in that aspect. Uh, some, I know that... Uh, uh, let's say the approach can be different from company to company. Uh, talking with the, again with company, uh, I know that some people think that uh, absolutely storyboarding doesn't have to be shown to an inspector or put in a TMF. Uh, same as for tracker and log, uh, it's something really like a red cross uh, and a skeleton on it. Uh, don't show it, don't put it, uh, just keep it, uh, you know, on your desk, uh, hidden somewhere, uh, just for you. Uh, this is my personal experience and opinion. I think that when the tracker and the log, uh, as well as storyboarding, uh, is helping you to show the evidence of your uh, oversight, of your monitoring, of uh, your quality check in the TMF, uh, there's nothing wrong, honestly, to show it uh, during inspector, an inspection to an inspector. But again, you have to be very confident that what you are showing uh, is complete, consistent, and accurate. Because 
you know, if I know that uh, every day I wake up and uh, I update my tracker, nobody is going to change or edit, uh, uh, delete information. So I trust 100% my tracker. And uh, I want to show this factor that uh, as part of my QC, I'm using this tracker that maybe uh, is a, a, pro a part of my process. Why not? I don't see anything. I, I, for me, it's something that uh, uh, it's worth to show during inspection. Uh, same as for uh, an exercise of storyboarding, if there is a particular situation or a very weird, uh, you know, uh, clinical trial where I need to write a storyboard. Um, so again, I think that uh, the approaches can be different. What is really important for you is to understand what is the approach that fits for you based on your organization, based on your resources, based on your processes. Because think about uh, if it's just one person that is managing tracker because it's uh, uh, a tracker maniac like me and uh, it's very, uh, you know, uh, accurate in managing the tracker, but the rest of the company is not doing tracker or is not following any uh, tracker process, maybe it can be uh, a critical finding or can be, let's say, an alert for our inspector, so maybe it's better to avoid it. But if there is a robust process in place for manage them and you are confident about uh, the final deliverable and what we're going to show the inspector. And it's, uh, again, another evidence of the quality of the QC and the side that you are doing. Uh, why not? I don't see, honestly, uh, the issue in showing it. For me, it's uh, an added value that you want to bring to your daily activity or responsibility in TMF management. But you have to be confident of it. I hope I answered the question. I think so. I think so. Definitely. I think, you know, and, and, and of course, if anybody, including Janine, wants to go and listen to a previous episode that we did specifically on storyboarding, and yeah. we talked a lot about whether we should or shouldn't file storyboards specifically, I think it's episode seven or eight of, of season one of State of, State of TMF. You can take a look at it on YouTube or listen to it on Spotify, Apple, et cetera. Um, there's a lot of really great kind of uh, perspective and, and thought around storyboarding there that, that can certainly you know, connect to that question. Um, we do have a couple other questions, so I'm going to keep rolling here. Really great question from Jessica. Um, Jessica asks, do you recommend filing interim logs in the TMF or is this, is it best practice to only file final complete logs in the TMF? This comes up a lot, Donatella. What, what are your thoughts here? <laughs> Again, don't hate me, but uh, there is no uh, requirement in that. Uh, I can give you my experience uh, and I can give you, uh, let's say, my personal recommendation uh, based, uh, again, on what uh, uh, I used to do and what I used to see in uh, in companies that I'm working with. So I would suggest an interim uh, uploading. And I want to give you the, the rationale behind this, uh, this, uh, this answer. Uh, so the problem is uh, that majority of the time, uh, inspector uh, want to see I think that Oliver gave a very great explanation during a post that I can't remember what, again, always because I'm old, uh, but you gave an explanation that sometimes the inspector want to see more the process rather than the output. So, okay, the, the, you know, the, the, the document is perfect, but how you get to, do, to that document? What's the process of, you know, doing this activity review and having any? So, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, if you just upload a final tracker, okay, probably you, you know, in theory, you can prepare that tracker the day before, uh, no, 
maybe not the day before, but you can prepare the, the tracker on, on last minute for, uh, for the clinical trial. Uh, I think that it's important to show that that tracker, if it is used and consolidated inside your process, uh, you know, there is a specific maintenance uh, activities. And so if there is a creation where, you know, we set up this tracker and the log to define uh, uh, where, what are the data and the information that we're going to keep, then I'm not going to upload every single version of the tracker, but maybe based on the uh, duration of the clinical trial, on the design, on uh, on the frequency, and uh, I would say the how fast is the clinical trial, because there are clinical trials that are very slow, some other that uh, everything happens uh, very quickly, so obviously information and data can change very quickly. So based on all these variables, uh, you can consider to upload uh, twice a year uh, or uh, every three months, uh, depending again on this variable to be taken into consideration. And then uh, last but not least, obviously, when there is the clinical trial closure, and so the TMF uh, final reconciliation, final QC, you will have your perfect uh, tracker and log uh, completed and final, and you will upload the final document. So my suggestion, just to, let's say, um, show the evidence of a process that is in place to an inspector, because it's what they are coming to, to check, is to do that on an interim basis and define this uh, time frame in the TMF plan. I think that that is the best place uh, where to define it, because uh, to define it uh, in a, an SOP can be challenging because, uh, again, for one trial can be uh, can make sense to update the monthly basis for another maybe yearly basis. So define it that in a TMF plan, which is study specific and can be and collect also the exception for the clinical study. All right, last question, and then we're going to move on and close out today's session. So a really great question here from Catherine. She's putting you on the spot here, Donatella. So get your TMF reference model out. Um, oh. Do you have any idea where to file a biological material destruction log? Oh, that's oh my God. That's a tough one. So I know that this, uh, uh, the zone uh, is six, I would say, but I, I don't know the artifact. Um, so I, I have to, to check uh, where can be the best uh, one. Here we go. We put it on the spot here. This was... <laughs> When we said try and try and stump Donatella, Catherine understood the assignment. Yeah, we'll take a look at that, Russell. While you're while you're looking there, Donatella, I have some comments here. Uh, Russell shares some advice on where to file trackers, saying it ultimately boils down to reflecting on the content and the context. I think absolutely, that's certainly something. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, George asks if there we have any generic templates for trackers that can be shared with meeting attendees. Um, I, I'm not aware of any, but there are there are some online I've seen floating around before, but it's yeah. best to, to think about the context of of what the tracker is, is what the tracker's purpose is. Um, yeah. And maybe there's some things there. Don't tell that, how are you getting on? So no, I've got a couple of options, honestly. Uh, even uh, maybe three. So the very first one, so we are talking about sample. Uh, can, can you repeat sample? Uh, Biological material destruction log. Destruction, okay. So there is, uh, I would say, because it's, uh, uh, if this destruction uh, happens uh, at site level, uh, 
I mean, usually it is uh, the site, you know, I don't know, uh, proceed with this process and give the information and certification to the, to the CRO and then to the sponsor. It can be, uh, I use say file at uh, zone zero five. And because there is not uh, a specific artifact on that, you can use uh, the tracking information. And so zero five, zero five, zero two. So in that uh, will be the tracker for this kind of activity. But again, just if this uh, process happens uh, at site level. If this process is managed by the sponsor, so basically the site uh, uh, ship this uh, sample uh, back to the sponsor and everything is managed as sponsor, you can use it, uh, the, the zone 01, where there are all the other tracking uh, information. So just let me tell you the right code. There's a, the, the, chat is, the chat is erupted. Uh, uh, which is great. There's a lot of suggestions here. Uh, Russell's suggesting zone 60111 and zone 60105. Exactly. That was uh, the, that one, the six was exactly the other option. So in this case, I would say that is one of the, uh, login trackers where you have uh, really lots of option, uh, and different, uh, zone where you can file the tracker and the log based on the process and on the content because there's nothing mentioned in terms of artifact or sub-artifact so it's really more related to if the process is managed at what level of the trial so at sponsor level or at site level and based on that if uh, to fight more in the uh, site management zone or in the uh, IP and non-IP, so zone 06 uh, uh, documentation, where you track also the accountability uh, of the IP and all the stuff. And so maybe another tracker in, uh, in that zone can be, uh, can be a good option. Absolutely. I think there's also quite a few votes here from, from Dawn, from Jessica, from Aubrey for zone 80205 biological samples. Um, definitely a clear connection there, of course, but I think there's lots of different, um, there's lots of different suggested, um, examples. Like, like Donatella said, there is no rhyme and reason often for filing trackers and logs. And so you really have to understand what makes most sense for the context that you're in. It may make sense that it's in zone, uh, 80205 because that is specifically related to samples. And so if there is a destruction, then there's something there. Um, but there's. Yeah, there's so many different sub artifacts. I think that you could make the case um, for filing that tracker in that in that region. So really, really good, good question there, Catherine. Thanks for asking it. We'll move on because I think we could get into a debate here in the chat about where to file. Uh. Oh. Um, and if you want to continue it, that someone head to LinkedIn and we'll have a conversation in a, in a thread. Um, perfect. So let's start to wrap things up. We've talked a lot about. Um, you know, trackers and logs and where they've come from, what we ultimately need to do with them. But what, you know, what, what, what does the future of trackers and logs really hold? Donatella, when you think about the way that we use trackers and logs today, um, and ultimately what they do with the, and there's even some suggestions earlier on in the chat, um, around sort of, um, the use of technology, what do you think that will be, or how do you think trackers and logs will evolve in the future? What, what, what do we see there? So. 
it's a pity that Christina is not here because I think that uh, she gave uh, a very interesting in pre presentation at CDISC uh, last uh, September, uh, where there was this uh, approach to TMF uh, really as a data-driven uh, source uh, uh, that can be, let's, let's say, equal to data management in terms of uh, how to manage documents uh, and all the data inside the document. So there was this very uh, parallelism between uh, TMF management and data management. It was really interesting. And I think that that is uh, really the innovative uh, and right uh, uh, approach for the future to move uh, to next step, I would say. And we were talking about uh, with Christina about uh, how tracker and logs uh, still nowadays are very manuals. So again, they are spreadsheet. Uh, there's a lot of uh, human effort uh, in keeping them uh, uh, updated and valid, uh, but if we think about uh, the data that we put inside the trackers as uh, metadata, uh, that can can lead basically to have uh, tracker and logs uh, inside uh, within the ETMF. And so this will be, I think, a very revolutionary and helpful uh, move forward to a better version of trackers and log, because. Uh, I don't think that there will be uh, a future where uh, we don't use tracker logs. I think that there will be, there will always be useful, especially with the increase of, uh, again, data and information and the complexity of a clicker trial. But if we can move uh, this approach and this information inside within the ETMF, because at the end, all the information that we need to update the, the trackers are within the ETMF or not outside the ETMF. So, we have to be able to link those uh, information, those data, and to have everything inside of it. That will open uh, lots of possibility in having uh, more uh, uh, faster data and information on a real-time basis, uh, uh, less uh, issue. I don't, think, I don't think that the quality issue will disappear, but absolutely, I think that uh, there will be less issue in updating uh, user access and uh, maintenance. Uh, and definitely, I think that there will be more value in having uh, these data inside the system, even for having, you know, standards approach uh, and not just uh, a tracker that, that I do with uh, 10 colors and my colleagues do white and black, uh, you know, all these different standards and templates. So having something more uh, standard across uh, multiple studies, multiple companies uh, uh, that can really help efficiency and quality. So I think that there is a lot of uh, the space, uh, let's see, for improvement uh, and technology definitely uh, can help us. Obviously, there's something uh, to, to do, but I think that that is uh, the direction that we need to take. And I think what's really interesting about what you said, and also a couple of folks earlier on in the, in the chat mentioned, is that you know there are so many trackers and logs today, and even some logs maybe that are the output from other systems, right? Like we do have systems today that are tracking data, that are outputting a log that we file in the TMF. Um, but obviously there are a number of trackers that we create manually as, as kind of collaborations teams or as TMF teams to help us understand, um, you know, and track and manage what might be happening within the study. And so, yes, you know, there is that sort of utopia that we think about where could we move all of these trackers to data points within systems, ideally an ETMF system or a CTMF system or you know, whatever other acronym um, of system we, we we feel is necessary. And ultimately that will give us the ability to 
um, you know, have data at our fingertips that we can use more readily available and 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 kind of to to drive better decision making and oversight activities. But is it utopia? Do we do we do we feel like it's actually possible that we can get every possible tracker uh, into a system? That question maybe will be answered over the next uh, uh, few years by the uh, vendor community. But I do think that you know the point you made, Donatella. There's data there that maybe we're not able to always use. And even if I think back to your horror story, you know, lots of information in those trackers, but we're not able to to use them to be able to reconstruct what's happening in the study. And so they've become, you know, siloed information within RTMF that isn't um, all that useful. So definitely some opportunities, definitely some opportunities there. Um, perfect. So as we wrap up today, um, one thing, you know, we've been running State of TMF now for, this is our 12th episode. Um, we have always try to make sure that the episode content and the topics that we select are ones that we feel you guys want to hear about, but we want to get some direct feedback from you guys. I've just posted a link to a very, very, very short survey. I think it's a handful of questions or less. It'll take about 45 seconds, if not a minute to complete. If you guys would just take the time to click on the link and fill out the, 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 the feedback form, we'd love to hear from you about what you love about State of TMF, what you would love to see us do differently, what topics you'd like us to to uh, address and, and discuss um, and how we can make this better. So for those of you that have been here for a while and that join every every time we do one, um, you know, that, that 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 feedback is so, so valuable. Or even if you're a first-time TMFer today and you're joining the podcast for the first time, please jump into that survey and let us know what you thought of today and what you'd like to see in the future. With that, I'll give everybody six or so minutes back um, and uh, they can start to either get on with their Thanksgiving preparations if you're in the US um, or close out your day if you're anywhere, anywhere else in the world. Donatella, thanks so much for joining me on this session. I, I certainly have learned a lot myself about um, trackers and logs and, and from a TMF perspective, certainly not my area of expertise. Um, thank you everybody for joining us who has contributed to the chat, all of our friends of the podcast that, that come here every time and, and contribute. Really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next session where we'll be talking about risk management. So we're going to be doing a session on December 13th, Risk Management 101 in TMF. Um, please join in. We've got some fun guests that are going to be joining that session as well. December 13th, if you're registered, you're you're already in. So we'll see you in that session coming soon. Thanks, Donatella. Thanks, everybody else. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The State of TMF. If you liked today's episode, hit the subscribe button, view the full episode with video on YouTube, and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook to see the sometimes entertaining and always resourceful content we post every single day. See you in December for episode three.